Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. We are back. We are back. What a beautiful Wednesday it is here in Chicago. Nice and sunny, a little warm. Summer's not ready to say goodbye to us. I'm not ready to say goodbye to summer either. No, no, no. No, no, no. But as always, we got our clutch player of the week. The debt-free pick three. Yeah, not a good week three for me. One and two. 3-3 three and three on the season after a nice start, 2-1 to Week 2. We'll preview Week 4, of course. Got to get some of these games that I'm going to be watching on the radar, um, the good ones. And there are quite a few of them, especially uh, how the turntables segment coming back. Um, but that'll be after I cap it off. Recap of Week 3. And everything with the rookie watch as well. But let me just start here. Change. Not a lot of us like change. It's very hard. You have a routine going. Everything you do, you kind of have a plan. And if that plan goes well, it, you know, you stick with it. You stick with it. And change is hard for a lot of people because it, it kind of it's unsure. You're not sure what it's going to be after you make that change and that decision to move on from something. Right. And it's scary. It could be a very scary thing. And that's why some of us are kind of hesitant to go through with that change. And we don't like it. And especially say your favorite coffee place closes down. In, in you know right next to your house as soon as you pull out of your driveway it's it's two minutes down the street get your coffee and you go to work in the morning and then you can kind of deal with traffic but it shuts down and now you're freaking out because listen you got to find a new coffee shop and the next one isn't for another two miles it's going to take you five minutes to get there instead of two um and it's 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 still on the route to work but it's it may be even closer to the highway, but you never knew that because you you stuck with the same spot. And now, you know, you, you get to the highway a little quicker. It's right there from, from the new coffee shop and you end up liking this new spot and kind of wish you, you knew about it before, before the other place and it closed down. It's kind of the similar situation here in Chicago. A lot of Bears fans. Not too happy about this, but the Chicago Bears signed a $197.2 million purchase and sale agreement for the Arlington Park property in Arlington Heights, the Arlington racetrack. And these fans, of course, are not going to be happy about it. It's The stadium's not going to be in the city, on the lakefront, you know, where everything is. You know, people love driving down and tailgating for these Bears games. It's in a great location, heart of the city, and so much to do around here. But I'm going to give you my opinion. Don't 
as a bear, if you're a bear fan, don't jump off the bridge. I'm telling you, it's gonna be okay. Just listen to me here about the 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 pros and and not the cons. It's gonna be at 326 acres at the Arlington Park where they're gonna knock it down. Huge lot, a huge lot, more space to build a state-of-the-art stadium like the SoFi's and the Allegiance of the NFL. And this is where the Bears need to be because, listen, Midwest gets cold in the winter. It gets super cold. And unless you're the Green Bay Packers or now the Kansas City Chiefs or a New England Patriots who play in the cold in the winter in outdoor stadiums, but guess what those franchises have? Great history, winning cultures, and their teams are always in the playoffs or close to making a Super Bowl run. So what do fans do? They tough it up, bundle up, and they go to the games, whether it's below freezing or 80 degrees out. They're there. And with the Chicago Bears fans, I can give you two instances when they played the Niners, you know, the past you know decade or so that I've been to, I freeze my tail off and the stadium was empty because you want to know why? The Bears were not doing so well. And the Bears only have two Super Bowl appearances, 85 and 2006 when they lost to the Colts. But this is what they need. They need to get, hopefully, if the designer does his job and the, you know, it's an open, uh, retractable roof or a closed stadium like in Minneapolis and Detroit to where the average Bear fan, when it gets cold out and it's negative degrees and the stadium won't be as empty anymore because they're willing to go because they're not going to freeze their tail off. And it's in a convenient location of the suburbs of Arlington Heights to where you're not going to sit in that down uh, that traffic getting downtown to these games. So... Relax. Change is good. Okay. Change is good. I know there's seven, you know, it's scary. Like I mentioned, it's scary. 72% of Americans live in or close to the city where they grew up. So not a lot of people like change. And this is a big change for the franchise of the Chicago Bears. And I know that's scary for you fans, but listen, you're going to have a state of the art stadium, which you should have because the renovations that they did after the 2001 season of 690 million the stadium didn't get it any bigger because they really don't have enough space there in the city to make a bigger stadium it only holds 61,500 fans and that is last in the league with capacity so you know the it's just going to be a bigger better experience for the fans they could add more things like a fan zone maybe to make the experience of going to the stadium not just for the game but bring in revenue in other streams you know having things set up for the fans to enjoy and have fun with uh the lease isn't up until 23 to 33 with the city so they're going to owe 84 million dollars in damages to the city if they break that contract before 2033 and this Deal isn't supposed to be closed with Churchill Downs until late next year, 2022 or early 2023. So uh, there's some time, but I'm telling you, don't freak out. It's okay. You, if they do a retractable roof, which they should, you can technically still have these home advantage, you know, below freezing and these harsh winter games here in Chicago if you want. I just think if the team's doing well, you can keep the roof open. 
because fans are going to go there if it's a playoff game. It's going to get sold out no matter what. But if they're doing poorly like they are this year, I know Justin Fields sells tickets, but if they do poorly this year and say it gets you know 10 degrees or uh, below freezing, the stadium's not going to be as packed as you think. So you're going to lose money that way if you're ownership. I, I like this move. I think it's a great idea. Build this state-of-the-art stadium. Make it bigger so you can hold 70,000, 75,000 fans in there because Chicago is a diehard city. People are still going to be going to the games. Obviously, the people that are season ticket holders that probably live in the city, that's going to be tough on them. But you know what? You're not appealing to the season ticket holders that are making buku bucks. You're appealing to the average fan who, one, logistically, this makes more sense to, and who you can probably sell tickets cheaper if you have more seats. Um, so I'm all for this move. I'm happy that they're doing this. I can't wait to see what designs are made. I, I really hope it does compete with the SoFi's and the Allegiant Stadiums in, in the NFL with Las Vegas and L.A., Shoot, even Minneapolis, it doesn't have to be that expensive. You don't have to spend, you know, two, three, four billion dollars on a stadium. You can you can make this thing right. And I'm just very excited for what is to come here. And uh, I know you're not going to call them the Chicago Bears if they move to Arlington Knights, but they're still going to be the Chicago Bears. All right. Don't worry. It's going to be OK. And just give this thing a chance. You haven't even seen what it looks like. Uh yeah, just you never know. You might fall in love with this stadium and it might be even more legendary than Soldier's Field after, you know, another 50 years. All right. Because or for yeah, 40, 50 years, 50 years exactly uh, for well, from now, at least because they opened up in 1971. So maybe there's a bigger 50 years ahead of us with this new stadium. So Bears fans, I know you're freaking out about this move but I'm, I'm all for it i like it and i think this should have happened a while ago all right how about we cap it off with our week three recap cap it off cap it off cap it off all right we'll start with the thursday night game feels like an eternity uh, an eternity ago uh, almost a week now but carolina panthers sam darnold hey darnold i love it three and oh I know it was against a Houston, Texas team who was missing Tyrod Taylor with that hamstring, but it wasn't really even close. 24-9 victory. Carolina looking good. That defense is solid, you know, second behind the Denver Broncos, but very happy with Sam Darnold in a great situation. 304 yards. He killed it. Uh, Sunday matchups. The Washington football team at Buffalo. I'm sorry. I, I took Washington. If you took them with me, it was not a good showing. Washington got trounced. Uh, by the Buffalo Bills. I was worried about Josh Allen. First two weeks, 56% completion percentage. Uh, so he looks back into his ways last year, moving it along with Stephon Diggs. Buffalo, big blowout, 43-21. to 21. Uh, And then the Bears, as I just got done talking about them at Cleveland Browns. Matt Nagy and this offense can't do anything. I told you Miles Garrett was going to have a field day. And he did on Fields Day, nine, four and a half sacks, nine sacks total for the Cleveland Browns franchise record. Really took it to that beat up offensive line. And Nagy is probably going to be the first coach fired this year. I hate to say it, but I just think it's going to happen. 
Baltimore Ravens at Detroit Lions. Way closer than it should have been. Marquise Brown dropping three touchdown passes. Three. Two in a row in two plays, play after play. Two touchdown passes dropped in a row. Um, and, you know, Baltimore, some late game heroics by Lamar and the iron leg of Justin Tucker, best kicker in the NFL, nailing that 66-yarder to beat Detroit. And Detroit, let me just tell you, teasing this, week four, going to be in my debt-free pick three, best 0-3 team in, in, in this league right now, and that even goes to the next game I'm going to, the Indianapolis Colts at Tennessee Titans, 0-3 Indianapolis. I thought they were a Super Bowl roster. Defense is still solid. Carson Wentz actually played after rolling both ankles. He was... I didn't think he was going to be gone, but he went, and Tennessee just still took it to him. Derrick Henry over 100 yards again, and Tennessee's kind of back on track from uh, the projections they had this year. I still think they're a little overrated. That division is not as good, uh, so they should win it. Um, lost Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs, probably the second game of the week, or game of the week, if you, however you want to put it, but Justin Herbert phenomenal in his second year. I knew there would be no sophomore slump. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, huge one late on fourth down against these Chiefs, got the touchdown, and they got the victory. Uh, Pat Mahomes struggling his last couple, um, just this his last couple games, it feels like. I know he, he really played well against Baltimore, but not a good showing here against the LA Chargers. Um, but yeah, uh, Kansas City, Sole possession of last place, first time since uh, 2015, I believe. So not looking good here for the Chiefs, but I think they'll bounce back. I mean, they are defending, you know, they, or they've been to the Super Bowl two years in a row, 1-1. Um, so they'll be back, and they'll get this thing right on track. Andy Reid is too good of a coach, and Mahomes is too good of a quarterback. New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. I told you this one. Saints I had all day. Uh, they... After seven coordinators and a couple defensive players missing week three, they go to New England and just put a stomping on him. Mac Jones, not playing to lose, but also not playing to win. No shots really downfield, it feels like. dump A lot of dink and dunking for that team. New England, one and two, and a very tough test, which we'll get into later uh, in week four. Atlanta at New York, what a snooze fest. I won't bore you with any of the stats in this one. Atlanta wins 17 to 14. Just boring, boring, boring. One of the two, two of the worst teams in the NFL. But Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, another one of my big upsets. Cincy beating Pittsburgh. ESPN like to come out, you know, every Monday, and I think it's every Monday with uh, the overreaction or not an overreaction from the previous week. They're saying overreaction. Pittsburgh Steelers is the worst team in this division. I'm saying that's not an overreaction. Cincinnati, I mentioned time and time, their defense showed up big late last year and they're carrying that momentum in this year and Pittsburgh with Big Ben I'm sorry he's old and washed that may be harsh yeah he threw for over 300 or 300 yards but he did not look good you saw the memes him falling Pittsburgh worst team in this division I'm sorry and Bengals are really you know making a name for themselves Arizona Cardinals at Jacksonville Jaguars Trevor Lawrence not the start I expected from him this year, especially against this Arizona defense, which I don't think is as great as it is on paper. But Arizona, Kyler Murray, again in the MVP discussion, as everybody likes to discuss MVP after week one. Uh, but he's he's playing well, as he does every year in the beginning of the season, first half. So we'll see how that thing plays off. But Jacksonville, yeah, uh, Urban Meyer, 
I just don't think you're the coach. New York Jets at Denver Broncos. Zach Wilson struggles again. As I kind of predicted at Denver, best defense in the league right now. Have had very easy schedule the first three weeks. Biggest test week four against Baltimore. Should be a good game. But Denver and Teddy, two gloves. Teddy's playing phenomenal right now, and he is the perfect quarterback for this team because of how strong this defense is. He just needs to manage and take what the defense give you, and he's, what, 77% completion percentage is ridiculous. Miami Dolphins at Las Vegas. I had this as an upset alert, upset watch, but Las Vegas, let me tell you, after going down, I believe it was 14-0 after a pick six on Derek Carr, they come back. I think it was 25 unanswered points goes to overtime and they win another big one in overtime two overtime games in three weeks you can't be winning like that all season but Derek Carr wow 1200 yards throwing already after three games leading the league in yards passing and the Las Vegas Raiders 3-0 I'm so happy for Gruden I hope this thing stays as it is I really do I, I like the Vegas Raiders and you know that uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Los Angeles Rams. It was supposed to be the game of the week, but it was not as close. Part of me thinks, you know, with the page or the Patriots game and this Tampa Bay game, we're Tom and Bill kind of looking toward week four matchup because you know that's going to be a chess match defensively with the Patriots and Tom Brady as he always is. Could there have been a little look ahead? I know Brady would never say that, and Tom Brady is not the guy to look ahead, but there's just something about this New England and Tampa Bay game, which I'll get in on the turntables. This is the biggest matchup in both of their careers, I feel like, uh, as far as head-to-head goes. So um, Rams, Matt Stafford look phenomenal. Deshaun Jackson, the fastest 35, 36-year-old there is in the NFL uh, or however old is he, he is, he might be a little, I don't know. But he's looking great, turning back the clock in this system. Sean McVay loving Matt Stafford and what they're able to do with this offense. Seattle at Minnesota. Listen, Zimmer couldn't afford to go down 0-3. Seattle Seahawks sliding, again, blowing some 10-plus point leads in back-to-back weeks. As a Niners fan, I'm happy, but as a Russell Wilson fan and – I'm just, I don't understand what's going on with the Seahawks team. But Minnesota, Kirk Cousins playing phenomenally. Alexander Madison, who doesn't get a lot of love because of Dalvin Cook. But Alexander Madison, even last year when Cook went out, he was phenomenal and came in and played like a number one running back. And they just have a lot of weapons on that offense, no matter where you look. And I just, I love it. And this defense, a solid showing. 17 points given up. Maybe. This game can put this defense on the right track as they were bottom of the league last year in almost all the categories. So great job for Minnesota and Mike Zimmer. One and two in this division where Green Bay's looked great the last two weeks. But yeah, speaking of Green Bay, 37 seconds for Aaron Rodgers is too much time. I I figured, you know, check. I wish would have went down on the one. We could have easily got the clock down another 30 seconds, but they score, give Aaron Rodgers enough time to two great passes to Devontae Adams in the middle of the field, sets up a Mason Crosby victory. But what I took away from this, Jimmy Garoppolo is our guy. Keep Lance on the sideline. Jimmy was phenomenal after being down 14-0 or 17-0, my mistake, and four touchdown drives, four touchdown drives. I know he had a couple big mistakes, but 
he, he led us to a, vic, uh, a chance at a victory, and our defense just couldn't step up. And then finally, Monday Night Football. Philadelphia Eagles at Dallas. I thought this would be closer than it was, but Dallas really showing up and showing out against this Philly divisional rival. Ezekiel Elliott, great game, 95 yards rushing, but Dak, story of the game, just having his way. And the Dallas defense, I told you, it's just like Todd Bowles, was not a great coach in uh, head coach in New York, back as a coordinator, phenomenal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Dan Quinn, I said this was a great hire in the offseason. He can actually focus on the defense, let McCarthy coach the team, and Quinn having this defense show up. Pick six by Trayvon Diggs. I believe that's, what is it, three picks in two we- three weeks or something like that. But this Dallas team defensively with Dan Quinn as the coach on the right track to do things. So that'll do it for our cap it off. Great stuff in week three. Wild, wild, wild week three. A lot going on. But I wanted to move on from cap it off to the rookie watch. Not a good go at all for either of them. You you can go, let's start with the Fields Day in Cleveland for the Chicago Bears. I mentioned it, sacked nine times. That's just abysmal. That offensive line, every single guy needs to be kicked out, cut, whatever you need to do, shipped out of town. And field, 6 for 20, 68 yards, quarterback rating of 41.3, terrible, terrible, terrible. You can't really do much when you have guys in your face all game because, yes, nine sacks, but that doesn't even count the pressures that he had. And the sack yards, 67 sack yards, so net. Passing yards, one yard. Everybody's been mentioning it on all the shows. Terrible. Nagy, going to be the first coach fired this year. I'm calling it. Bears just look too bad. And I'll get into it in my debt-free pick three on this game against the Detroit Lions. But not high hopes for this Bears this season. And it sucks because you got Justin Fields, who I think is easily the second-best quarterback out of that draft. Uh, But, yeah, not a good showing and really hard stacked against him. Going to Trevor Lawrence, my favorite guy. Two picks, a touchdown, but uh, he was also sacked three times. He just did not look good. There was that flea flicker where he threw off his back foot and tossed it right to the defender, and it was a pick six. Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, not going to do it for me. I don't like it. Trevor Lawrence, not off to a hot start. This kid's been struggling, and you know, rightfully so, because that team just isn't as good as I thought it might be there in Jacksonville. Of course, I whipped on that. Mac Jones, his worst game, three picks, sacked twice, and they lose big to the New Orleans Saints, which, you know, I, I kind of figured this. The, the defensive roster and the Saints roster is a great roster still, even with some injuries and, and departures, but rookie quarterback Mac Jones not being able to take shots downfield. He just doesn't do it. I, I thought he'd struggle here against a solid New Orleans defense, and he did, and uh, didn't look good at all. Didn't look good at all. Now, San Francisco, Trey Lance, I'll, I'll just touch on him. He came in and rushed for a touchdown, but he just needs to stay out the field because Jimmy Garoppolo, again, led us four touchdown drives and had a chance to win if our defense can make a stop. But Zach Wilson, the worst of them all. 160 yards, two picks, no points scored, zero, big goose egg, a donut hole. 
against this Denver Broncos defense who has been lights out against these bad teams in the NFL. Uh, I believe, what, their whole schedule so far uh, against 0-3 teams. So a combined record of 0-9. The rookie quarterbacks, I believe, are 1-10 as starters, and the only win was Mac Jones against Zach Wilson, who one of those quarterbacks had to win, right? There wasn't going to be a tie in that game. So it's just not off to a good start with these rookies. 1-10, that's really bad. So, I mean, my overreaction will be none of these quarterbacks are good, but that, that, that that's the overreaction. But uh, trust me, some of these guys are going to hit and play well as long as they the teams start building around them and, and start getting some better players on those teams. So that'll be the Rookie Watch. Now, up next, you know what time it is. Well, well, well. How the turntables... Well, well, well. The moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick face off. And these two are going head-to-head against each other. I know Bill Belichick isn't a player, but damn, he coaches that defense and he coaches it well. And then Tom Brady on offense, the quarterback who sees the defense, reads the defense. I mean, this is going to be the ultimate chess match. This could be the game of the decade, the game of all time, the game of the year. It's definitely the game of the week in my book. I don't care if it's a blowout on Tampa Bay. This is the most anticipated game. It's going to get playoff numbers. I I assume it's going to get playoff numbers as far as viewership. But boy, Tom Brady, going back to Foxborough, he said it's no time to reminisce. It's a game. He's got to prepare like any other game, but this one's a little special. That's why I kind of think they were feeling out the Rams. Let's see what they, what plays they like for when we see them in the playoffs. We'll get them back, but Tom Brady probably secretly looking ahead to this game. Very excited, very excited. Tampa Bay didn't look so hot against the Rams defense, which Rams is a top three defense in this league. Maybe the best defense in this league when it's all said and done. I know right now statistically they're not, but they'll get there. Um, but this high-powered offense, I, I believe you're getting Antonio Brown back. You'll have Scotty Miller, who's going to be missing some significant time. I don't remember if he's out for the year. If they just put him on IR. But yeah, the ultimate chess match. The apprentice and a apprenticee or however you say it whatever i'm not very good at english but come on now how can you not love this matchup with brady going to foxborough i think the bucks are going to come out on top here you have a rookie quarterback going up against a very solid defense and todd Bowles, i believe will be able to put some pressure packages get to mac jones make them make mistakes like he did in week three and that's really going to be the deciding factor in this game is how well Mac Jones plays because I think Belichick is going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at Tom Brady to make sure he doesn't play well because these both both of these guys want to prove they can win without the other. Tom Brady's already proven that in year one with the Bucks winning a Super Bowl. So I'm just, I, I can't wait for Sunday. I really can't wait for Sunday. This is going to be the game I watch, and I'm probably not going to flip back and forth like I usually do. This is going to be eyes glued to the screen. And whenever Tampa has the ball, I mean, it's Sunday night football. This is going to be the biggest Sunday night game 
of the mall. Everybody's going to be watching this one. They, the schedule makers, of course, did what they had to do. And flawless. You couldn't do wrong putting this on Sunday night. It's just the best primetime broadcast there is. So, ah, Tom Brady going back to Foxborough. I'm, he's definitely going to be cheered. I mean, he brought you six Super Bowls. Something the franchise never saw. Bill Belichick first losing season last year without him. And on his way to a second losing season without him, even with Mac Jones as the signal caller. So um, I'm expecting a very one-sided game just because I think Mac Jones is limited and Tampa Bay isn't limited. So, And I believe Stephon Gilmore is out still. So are we going to have... You know, the best corner out there against, you know, this high-powered offense. And I don't believe we are. So, um, yeah, Stephon Gilmore's still out. And that, that sucks. It's going to hurt. And this offensive line, is, I think we'll be able to hold their own against this pass rush. I know Matt Judon's having a good year. But it's going to stop here. I think the Bucks stops here. <laughs> so, yeah, you, 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 and the Bucks also, so speaking about corners, Richard Sherman. They signed Richard Sherman. He said this is the best deal he had on the table. So he's going to bolster up that secondary who has been beaten up. It seems like secondaries for all the good teams this year are getting beat up with the Niners and the Ravens. So Gronk also returns, but he got hurt. Who knows if he's questionable or probable going to play hopefully he does I would love to see a couple Brady Gronk touchdowns in Foxborough on the other side and then AB who had a short stint with the Patriots maybe a little revenge for him as well so yes highly anticipated a lot of storylines in this game hopefully Brady comes out on top so he can break Bree's record in the same game as he beats all the final team to make it 32 NFL teams that he's beaten in his career so much to watch for I'm definitely taking the Buccaneers big on this one, but they won't be in my debt-free pick three. Um, so, yeah, that was how the turntables with Tom Brady going back to Foxborough. All right, let's get into the preview of week four, these other games. I'm not going to do all the games, of course. I want to do the important games, right? So, huge game, 3-0 at 2-1, Carolina Panthers at Dallas. Second home game for the Cowboys. Dak was very impressive in the first one. It looked really great, but Carolina's defense is solid. They just traded for another corner. We'll see if they can keep this momentum going, and we'll see if Sam Darnold can keep his momentum going on that offense uh, to kind of keep it close here in Dallas. But I do think Dallas edges this one out. I just think they're too good of a team and they have a lot better at the skill positions than Carolina does and that defense like I said has been playing really well and Carolina's offense hasn't really impressed me too much and we know McCaffrey's going to be missing a couple weeks so I think Dallas is going to take this one um, pretty handedly possibly Um, but I I, I see it as a one score game. Uh, Second game I'm looking at is the Arizona Cardinals at the 3-0 Arizona Cardinals at the 3-0 Los Angeles Rams Listen, this is for the top of the division right here. And I love that these two are facing off because it gives the Niners a chance, which I'll, I'll get into after this one, to 
be a game behind. I know we're still a game behind first because there's two tied for first, but uh, to get behind that other guy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I expect the Rams to come out on top. I just think that defense is too good. It's too good for Arizona to really do what they want like they have been the past few weeks. And the Rams offense, I think it's going to have a field day as well against this Arizona defense. This will really show the true colors of the Arizona Cardinals when they face good to competition. So I'm expecting the Los Angeles Rams to in a blowout. Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. Listen, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, 1-2 and two as a starter against the Seahawks. That huge game for us to win the division on that Super Bowl run that I believe is the only win where Greenlaw you know, stopped and made that hit before the goal line to stop Seattle from scoring. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, Seattle's one and two. I, it, it's really hard to see them go one and three, but their defense very suspect. And this Niner offense has been very good when Jimmy G has time to throw. He didn't have a lot of time to throw in Green Bay, and that's why he didn't look so good in the start. If he's getting pressured, he doesn't have time to go through his progressions. You know, he can't find the open guy, and we saw what happened when he did go through his progressions. He uh, the two plays that I saw he was two for two and the one of them was that touchdown to Juszczyk so I'm hoping a Niners victory on this one Baltimore at Denver Denver's true test as I mentioned can they go three and oh Baltimore not looking great this year I know there was a big win against Kansas City but if Hilaire doesn't fumble that ball we might see Baltimore at Owen two going into Detroit where they could have been 0-3. Um, and Denver, we'll see if this defense can stop Lamar and that offense. Um, and, and this is their best competition they're facing. Um, I already talked about Tampa at New England. I think it's going to be Tampa. And then let's go Monday night, baby. Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. This could potentially be the second best game of the week. This is for the battle of uh, first place if the Denver Broncos lose, then you know Vegas can take sole possession, or the Chargers could jump up and, and tie with both of these squads. So I think Herbert is going to have a phenomenal game. This is going to be a fireworks show. I think. I think def- actually maybe not, maybe not. This could be a twenty to seventeen type game because both defenses have stepped up, and Brandon Staley really has this thing going for the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they should be three and zero if it wasn't for. Weird 56-yard field goal uh, in Dallas. So I expect the Chargers and the Raiders to be a close one and a fun one on Monday night. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait for week four. A lot of good matchups. A lot of good matchups. Better than uh, better than I thought. You know what time it is. Bitch, you want to make some motherfucking money? We don't do anything illegal. Debt free, pick three. Look what I found in my pocket. Look, a year's salary right here. That's what I told them. A fun coupon. This is the debt-free pick three on the final play with Mikey Clutch. All right, time for the debt-free pick three. Hopefully, this is a better week than week three. Let's make you some money. Like I said, I'm gonna go first game. I told you I teased it earlier. Detroit Lions at Chicago Bears plus three right now. I think this is upset watch, upset alert. Dan Campbell having this team being gritty, feisty, hard-hitting, hard-nosed, very competitive in all these games that they played so far. I know the second half of the Green Bay game went differently, but that's Aaron Rodgers. But they they had a lead at going in the half. I, I, I'm taking the points plus three. Are you kidding me? I'm taking plus three against the Bears. I know the Bears are at home, but that offensive line has shown me that 
They can't protect anybody. Nagy likes to say that all three quarterbacks are in play here. It doesn't matter who's back there. If they have no time, they're going to lose. I got Detroit plus three. Potentially take the money line on it, but I'm going plus three just to stay safe. Uh, Detroit Lions at the Bears plus three. My second game, I'm going New Orleans Saints. Minus seven and a half at the New, or, sorry, New York Giants at New Orleans Saints. Saints minus seven and a half. I know that's a lot of points to be given up, but I'm taking them. New Orleans Saints, just, I, I think they're too good right now. That defense, Daniel Jones, down back to earth after that Washington game, as I predicted. He just doesn't play well against any other team other than Washington. I think he's going to struggle mightily against New Orleans Saints, and you can't even beat the Atlanta Falcons and look good against that defense. I don't expect things to be better in week four. So, And then my final game for the Death Free Pick 3, let's go Pittsburgh Steelers at Green Bay Packers. A lot of points again, minus 6.5 Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay all day. Green Bay Packers clicking, have it going. Pittsburgh Steelers offense, there's no downfield ball, no deep passing, nothing at all. Big Ben frustrated. He doesn't like getting hit anymore. And Green Bay Packers have a solid pass rush against the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line that hasn't been playing well. They have no run game, so it's just going to be easy pickings for the Green Bay Packers. I got a minus 6.5. So, that'll be my debt-free pick three. I got Detroit Lions plus three, the New Orleans Saints minus seven and a half, and the Green Bay Packers minus six and a half. Win you some money. Hopefully, it's a better week, like I said, than week three. And then now to our clutch. Player of the week? How could I not go with Justin Tucker? 66-yard field goal. Hits the upright and then bounces into the net. Wasn't even making the 65-yarder in pregame warm-ups. Gave that little extra oomph and got it in there for the Baltimore Ravens, who should have lost to the Detroit Lions. Out on top, Lamar Jackson, beautiful fourth down. I think it was fourth and 17, beautiful throw. Got it in the field goal, uh, field goal range. Everybody wants to complain with the delay of game. If you watched football or watch it all, you know that the refs give you about a second after a second or two after it hit zero for the offense to call the play. So um, I, I don't think it was delay a game. It's fine. But Justin Tucker, that golden boot of a leg, he nails it and drills it and you know claims his spot as the best kicker in the league. And I believe that'll do it for us today. Thank you for listening. I know it was a quick show, but we will be back and better than ever next week. Again, we'll do the cap it off. We'll recap week four a little more in detail though i won't go so quickly i'll pick out the best games of the week and i'll just break those down i just felt like i had to give you all give you everything i had today we had to go through it all because it was a wild week three and fun week three and week four i don't think will disappoint us and we'll be back all right so this has been the final play with mikey clutch you have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life.